when you have managers that can't even take a day off for, it doesn't matter what it is, whether it's a medical situation or just to take a day off for your brain and you don't feel like you can do that, that's a problem. Because then you have fatigue, you have injuries, you have all sorts of things that are, they're not ever going to equal good. And luckily, most of my managers have been in the industry for a very long time. But when does that burnout time come? The oil and gas industry, the driving engine of the world economy, delivering prosperity, innovation and abundance across the globe. Here are the stories of its key players, directly from the leaders themselves. This is Bulwark's Oil and Gas Industry Leaders Podcast, where real experiences are passed on from the leaders of today to the leaders of tomorrow. Here is your host, Paige Wilson. Welcome to this week's episode. I'm sitting here this afternoon at the Capitol Girls City Center with my guest, Gay Wathen, Vice President of Mobile Rigs at National Oilwell Varco. How are you doing? I'm great. Great. Thanks. I'm glad you can make it. Before getting into it, I wanted to ask everyone to support the show by taking a f- few moments to leave a review on iTunes, and I'll definitely read it on the show and give you a big shout out. So, Gay, let's talk about how you got started in the oil and gas industry. I actually started with my dad. He was in the oil business for about 30 years and traveled all over, kind of was our, our lifestyle. And Got out of Texas A&M in 1980 and was working part-time for my dad and working part-time as a model. And one day came in and he said, here's your desk, here's your calculator, this is how much I'm going to pay you. And so I started working for him in a small business. And then, you know, in a small business, you literally learn to do everything. And I was doing the books. Some days I would clean toilets, some days I would do the yard, some days I would do shipping and receiving. We all did inventory. So it gives you such a well-rounded view of what a business actually really is and the struggles of a small business as well as the the highs that you go through because it's personal. Yeah. And your family. And Unfortunately, in 1992, my dad passed away suddenly of a heart attack at 57 years old, Mm. and he passed away at 2.50 in the morning, and I had to sign payroll at 8 o'clock because business still goes on. Yeah. So from 92 on, we we all just decided we were in our 30s. We didn't want to lose the business. My mom had not really been involved so much, so Mm -hmm. we just decided to grow it, and eventually— Sold to a group of investors, and after five minute five years after that, Nov bought us, and that was six years ago. So, oh, interesting. Okay, wow, that's yes. that's crazy how that works out. I know, I know. <laughs> it was great, and Nov has been just terrific. And and the the best part about Nov is there's still that family atmosphere, even though we're so huge. It's still a family atmosphere. And they did special things of, they trademarked Gil, which was my dad's name, which was my maiden name. And they trademarked that for our our equipment, the handling tool equipment that's, I'm still over all of that. And they also gave us all of our seniority going forward. So as of today, I've been working at NOV for 38 years. Wow. So I have the shortest resume ever. (laughs) (laughs) 
That's made it easy, huh? Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> so you said you were also a model? Oh, yeah, a long, long time ago. Well, that's during really college. cool. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Yeah, during college, high school, college, and shortly after I got out of A&M with a psychology degree. So what do you do with that? Well, you analyze people. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so true. You just sit there and go. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I say I have a psychology degree, they go, oh, my God, you're analyzing me. <laughs> not really. No, not really. No. <laughs> but that'll that'll make you squirm a little, huh? Right, right. <laughs> they start thinking you're you're looking at them in a whole different way. Yeah. Yeah. So well, let's talk about what you're doing currently at NOV. Well, I actually have two manufacturing facilities, and both of those do the handling tools as well as the drilling, I mean, as well as the well servicing equipment. So we do rigs all over the world. We provide those pretty much everywhere, and it's the workover rigs, but some of them are, are larger for the smaller drilling rigs. We've actually sent a lot of rigs over to Russia and Libya and Argentina. So there, there's a lot of opportunity there for us also. And then the handling tools are everything that goes on the workover rigs, the tongs, the, the everything that, that makes it work. So right. we've, I've got both of those locations, and then I have service centers throughout the United States with um, all the aftermarket. A lot of guys, a whole lot of men. <laughs> but... I actually got this job three years ago through all of the downturn and all of the early retirements. And my boss decided to take the retirement package and I didn't. And so I only knew work. I only knew the, the work over equipment, right. which for 35 years, that's all I had done. Yeah. And all of a sudden I was leaving Gill Services and I was coming to NOV rig and taking over for my boss who had done it for, 30 plus years and pretend like I knew what I was doing <laughs> and <laughs> I did it, not fake, fake it until you make it right <laughs> right but I had great people that Randy left me that were so supportive and have taught me a ton and you know n- nobody left so that was good <laughs> so but you know it's a great team and they support me I support them we work as a great team and that's something I've experienced throughout your company. Just, you know, I've, I've dealt with David Reed and his group and mm-hmm. it just everybody's just been immaculate, just wonderful. Yeah. And it's it's great to see how tight niched everyone really is within your organization. And I, I truly are. love that. They are. And, you know, even down to, through the downturns, so much that they would do would help each other by, you know, bringing back manufacturing and sourcing. So that we can keep our people. And, you know, it might not be the fanciest work, but it's work. And we were able to keep a lot of people through that downturn because of that. Granted, we lost a ton. And that's the worst part of this whole industry. Yeah, That's that heartbreaking part where, you know, you that those people are your family. Yeah. That, I mean, at Gill, when we laid off 70% of our people. And I laid off 35, 37-year people. Yeah. One was in my wedding. And it's Mm gut-wrenching. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's completely out of our control. Yeah, it really is. And and I was one of those people that have been laid off. And it it takes a toll, but you understand. Most people do. Yeah. There's a lot that hold it against you. But, you know, I would just crumble 
when I would come home at night and it was, it was horrible, but you know, it, it's the nature of our industry. Yeah. It's the ups and downs of our industry and, you know, all through the eighties and, you know, I saw my dad sit there just crying at, in 1986 where he laid off everybody but six people. Wow. And we all took 50% pay cuts. So you, you make it work however you have to. Yeah. Whether you're in a small business or a large business, it's still, it's still just as painful. It's just a different level of what the dollar is at yeah. the end of the day. But you also have the same goal. Yeah. Yeah. So if you had one piece of advice to give our audience, what would it be? I think the one thing, there's so many young folks that job hop. You mm-hmm. know, sometimes it's it's not a matter of choice, whether you're laid off. And Lord knows we had to lay off a lot of young people. And, you know, they were they were kind of thrown out of a position. But I can honestly say the amount of time that I've spent in my career, whether it's, you know, one company that's been sold out, whatever, you end up, you end up gaining so much more in the end of the day. So, you know, don't be short-sighted when it comes to your career or, you know, even what you want, because lots of times there's opportunities that you might not even see that is right in your back door. And I, I think that's one really good thing about Innovias because they have so many options. You can go all around the world within this company. You can go and, you know, go to Wellbore one one point and go to Caps another point and end up back in Rig and, and Dubai. You just never know. Yeah. But there's a ton to learn and, you know, you never know what, God's going to put in front of you. I never knew my dad was going to die at 57 years old. Yeah. But look what opportunities opened up. Yeah. And unfortunately, that had to happen, but my world changed in a minute. And you never know about, and I always kid around about that proverbial bus. You never know when that bus is going to hit. Yeah. But I just think sometimes just sticking it out and learning more and making yourself smarter, more acceptable, just sometimes will go lots further than what you really, really think. It's not just about the, the almighty dollar today. It's, the, it's that experience, and it's the ride. Yeah. You know? I, I can't say enough about what I've been through and how amazing it's been to make me who I am and to get to the point where I am. If, you, if, I, if you'd have told me 40 years ago I was going to be in this position at NOV with a psychology degree, I would have told you you were crazy, <laughs> especially in a male-dominated industry. Yeah, and it's it's pretty it's pretty amazing to have this opportunity. Yeah. So, what are some of the just in the position you're in now? What are some of the bigger challenges you've had to deal with, other than the the downturn? Yeah, the downturn's the worst. Yeah. You know what? I think having to deal with the things that are out of your control. And I remember during one of the downturns thinking, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? And one day I just woke up and I thought, I'm not doing this by myself. Yeah. And I have a team that we're all pulling on the same end of the rope. We'll get through this. I cannot control what the government's going to do, what OPEC's going to do. I can't control the, pr- the price of oil or the price of gas. I can only control what I can control. And so... 
sometimes you have to think outside the box. You have to, you know, pull up your bootstraps and, you know, get in, get in there and get your hands dirty sometimes and, you know, just do what you need to do. So as far as challenges, I think just the the industry overall has its challenges. Just talking earlier to a colleague about we've gotten so good at what we do and we've become so efficient at what we do anymore that, you know, when are we going to see those, those oil prices going up? Who knows? Yeah. We've gotten really, really good as an industry and, and it's going to be difficult because we are, we're really amazing on the technology and, and where everybody's gone. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with that. What book influenced you the most? Well, I don't read a whole lot because I don't have time. If I sit down, I fall asleep. Probably the Holy Bible yeah. would be my go-to. I believe that you have your integrity in your family. And at the end of the day, that's really all that you can count on. And I think if you if you believe spiritually of doing the right thing and putting your best foot forward and doing the the right thing for your company, your customers, your employees, you know, that's going to that's going to prove successful no matter what the price of oil is. Yeah. And I think that's kind of where I get my my strength from. Excellent. What would you say is your most used business tool? Communication has to be my my biggest tool. I think women are way better communicators than men, so I think probably my guys. I'm sure if I if I had a camera on them, they'd be rolling their eyes around it to me sometimes. <laughs> but they've all been very patient about it, and and you know, some of them have said, you know, I've talked to you more than other managers, and they somewhat appreciate it because I think they feel like because my locations are in so so many remote areas that they don't really feel like they're apart. And, mm-hmm. you know, when you're in Casper, Wyoming, or Odessa, or Lindsay, Oklahoma, or Alice, Texas, yeah. you're not in a hubbub of anything. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> and so I try to communicate to them what's going on in Houston at a national level, at the NOV, or what's going on in other areas. So I really believe that that part of the business. Now, do you think communication is better for women because of the empathy factor? Well, if you ask a man, he would probably say, we just like to talk more. (laughs) (laughs) This is true. (laughs) But I do think, I think sometimes it just, just helps to share ideas because you can, you can talk about something which will spur on something else that, that the guys might not have thought of because they're in their day-to-day business yeah, and they're just literally trying to make sure the customer's taken care of, the employees are taken care of, the lights are on, and and all that goes on in their world day to day, rather than looking at a big picture situation, which I feel like that's almost my job. The guys run their organizations terrifically. I never have to worry about them. I just feel like my role is to facilitate, to help them be more successful. Yeah, and to think outside of the box, right? Yeah, yeah, and bring the things to the table that, you know, sometimes there's corporate things that have to be done that I'm sure they're rolling their eyes at that point too, but it is what it is. And coming from a small business to this, I'm rolling my eyes sometimes too, (laughs) thinking, really? 
but then at the end of the day, I understand it. Yeah. And it's trying to convince them that this is a worthwhile situation that they need to deal with. <laughs> right. <laughs> but they're, they're all great. Awesome. Who's your most respected competitor? Competitors. I have to say I'm very involved in the Association of Energy Service Companies, and I'm actually on the executive committee an officer within the association. And okay. it is, it's an organization that are for not only our customers, but my competition, my vendors. So it gives you that opportunity to have conversations. And even though my competitors are my competitors, we still have a relationship that ultimately our goal is to help our customer out. And there have been times I've gone to competitors saying, so-and-so needs this. I don't have it right now. Can you help us out? And we kind of work together because I feel like the ultimate goal is to make sure that our customers are taken care of. Obviously, I would love everyone. I want to be able to come to NOV. But at the end of the day, I might not have the product that they need. And I can direct them to someone else. Obviously, I think NOV is the best. So (laughs) competitors... Don't know, but we do have a good working relationship with most of our competitors. That's awesome. That's great. Because at the end of the day, that just helps the industry out, period. Oh, yeah. So that's great. What's your most important lesson learned? You know, I think when I took over this job and with all of the early retirement packages, I told Scott at the time, who was my boss, I want to really focus on succession planning. And I think that stemmed from when my dad passed away, there was not a plan. Mm. And I've gone to every one of my locations and said, I want to know, Mark, who's your next Mark? Tony, who's your next Tony? Because you don't know when that event's going to happen in your world. And I would have loved not to have to be there to sign payroll 8 o'clock in the morning. I don't think anybody needs to ever be in that situation. Yeah. So I've really been focused on succession planning. Because I think that's a huge lesson, and I think that's something that gets overlooked, especially when we're so shorthanded. Yeah. But when you have managers that can't even take a day off mm-hmm. for, it doesn't matter what it is, whether yeah. it's a medical situation or just to take a day off for your brain, and you don't feel like you can do that, that's a problem. Yeah. Because then you have fatigue, you have injuries, you have all sorts of things that are they're not ever going to equal good. Yeah. And luckily most of my managers have been in the industry for a very long time, but when does that burnout time come? So, I've really been focused on that and I think that's my lesson learned from what happened to me when my dad passed away. I'm planning for the future. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I can agree more. I I've been in that situation where it was just complete burnout and you you only make matters worse by sticking around. Uh-huh. Yeah. So. Yeah. And we lost so much of our workforce, whether it's the young young people. You know, we've, we've also been focused on trying to pass that knowledge down because there's a lot of us that will be retiring in the next few years. And who's going to have that knowledge? Yeah. So that's been another big portion of that succession planning. How do you get all of that out of those guys' brains when they don't want to give it up? Yeah, yeah, because they hear noises, and that's not something else <laughs> a, a younger person would quite understand. No, no, they don't. Luckily, 
know, there's there's more technology that's come out that's helped out. And NOV's been really great about sharing those kind of things to help our guys. So trying to incorporate some of those to help the young ones learn it, get our next leaders there. Because I want, I want Mobile Rig to be strong going forward when I walk out that door. Yeah, that's always a great way to think about it. What's your favorite podcast? Well, the only other podcast I know is the NOV podcast. Oh, yes. yes because yes, yes. I'm old. And uh, <laughs> this is one of those new social media things that I never really knew about until you guys asked me. And I read all the statistics about podcasts. And I had no idea whatsoever this was going on. So I now have a new goal of uh, listening and looking up some more podcasts because I enjoy the NOV ones. And I would like to, I'd like to know some more about it. You know, the social media thing, anybody, you know, in my age group probably doesn't even know about it. Hadn't even crossed their mind. Well, I mean, I got my parents listening to my show. Good. Yeah. So (laughs) uh, I hope they're listening now. Come on, guys. Yeah. So I I completely understand that. And and I actually became part of this group because I was a listener of Olin Cast this week, which is our flagship show. So I understand that. And if anybody's interested in listening to the NOV podcast, I'll make sure we put a link into the show notes because it's on Google Podcasts, on Stitcher, on iTunes. So check it out. So because I want our listeners to be well-dressed and most importantly safe, be sure to go to www.bulwark.com forward slash podcast to win a Bulwark FR shirt and base layer. No purchase necessary to win. See official rules for details. Thank you so much for joining me. I know you had a, a bit of a trip and a you had to kind of go through the cold front to get here. So. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> At least it's warmer here, right? Right, right. <laughs> it was nice though. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. If people want to reach out to you and or get to know more about NOV, how can they go about doing that? Um, gay, G-A-Y dot Wathen, W-A-T-H-E-N at N-O-V dot com. And we'll make sure to put that in the show notes. I'm also, you, you're on LinkedIn as well? Yes, I'm and, on LinkedIn. And of course, N-O-V dot com. Yep. Other than that, we've got events on deck. SP Gulf Coast region upcoming golf tournament uh, Monday, April 8th at the Kingwood Country Club here in Kingwood, Texas. I have one to plug. Oh, do you? Yes. Yes, please. The AESC, Association of Energy Service Companies, is having their golf tournament that is a scholarship tournament April 1st at Northgate Country Club in Houston. It is in memory of my dad. But this year, it's honoring Nick Petronio that just recently passed away, who was president of Pool Well Service, president of Neighbors Well Service, and president of CNJ Well Service through his years. Nick has been just a pillar in our industry for years and years and passed away of pancreatic cancer. And we are doing the scholarship tournament. We're recreating the Bobby Gill, which was my dad, that we had years ago, and We've given $4 million in scholarships. Wow, that's awesome. AESC has, and we want to continue along those same lines and honor Nick at the same time. So if anybody has any questions or is interested, sponsorships, plan in the tournament, we're having a a big team watch in Calcutta the night before the tournament and um, honoring Nick that night also. That's awesome. Awesome. So if you, if you like golf, you have listened to the right show. Right. <laughs> right. Awesome. Okay. So that concludes this episode. So just remember, it's up to you to open the next door. 
Tune in next week for another intriguing episode of Bulwark's Oil and Gas Industry Leaders Podcast, a production of the Oil and Gas Global Network. Learn more at oilandgasindustryleaders.com.